Come on, if you need a breakthrough, I've been here. Let me hear you make some noise. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. But how does one do that? Live by faith. Let's find out today on another edition of Faith to Live By with Pastor Larry Millender and Pastor James Salter. Thank you for joining us today. This is Pastor Larry Mellinder, and I'm here with Pastor James Salter, and this is Faith to Live By. And we want to encourage you today with the Word of God that nothing is impossible. There's nothing that God can't do in your life, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through, what you have been enduring. It is subject to change. God has the ability of turning things around for your good. Well, when you opened up the radio uh, program right then you made a statement made me think about uh, uh, many years ago uh, probably uh, probably early 2000s I remember uh, doing a, a Wednesday night up at Abundant Life Fellowship back when it was on Capital Circle Northwest and uh, I think I think I did a preach increasing your level of expectation of going like six or seven weeks in a row I remember that but I remember toward the end of it the Lord spoke to you that Something may be unexplained, but it should never be unexpected. And when he was open, it made me recount that that in, in life, there may be some things unexplained, but it should never be unexpected. We should always be in a position of expectancy where it comes to uh, God and his kingdom and his goodness being poured out in us and through us. So I think that's what this broadcast is about. I remember that, Pastor James. I remember the Lord told me I'd gotten a check or something. And I've heard people say it before. Well, man, I got an unexpected pay raise. I got an unexpected check in the mail. And I had something happened in my life like that. And I said, well, it was unexpected. And the Lord said, no, it, it was expected. It was unexplained. Yeah. But it was expected. I think we need always need to have an expectation for something good. That's what we talked about in the other program, yeah. that hope is the confident expectation for something good. Now, in our last program, we were encouraging people and talking to folks about the long term, the long path, the long haul. Um, I remember way back, mid-80s, I was traveling as an evangelist, I preached a sermon. I was in Waycross, Georgia, preaching, and I preached a sermon, never preached again that I can recall, but I titled it From the Promise to the Provision and Everything in Between. Now, God told Abraham, he said, I'm going to give you a son. And your son will produce seed. And that seed will be more numerable than the sand of the seashore or the stars that are in the heavens. And it took 25 years for that seed that God promised to come to pass for that child to be born. Now, Abraham tried to take matters in his own hands with Hagar, uh, his wife's handmaid to produce the seed but God didn't honor that seed that was not the promised seed and I remember preaching that sermon from the promise to the provision and everything in between that Abraham had to remain faithful and he had to believe God because it took 25 years he was 75 years old when God made the promise he was 100 years old when the child was born and I remember in that sermon preaching I talked about the process from the promise to the provision, everything in between. In between, there were a lot of problems. They all started with peace. From the promise to the provision, then there were problems. One thing after another. His body, at 100 years old, was as good as dead, the Bible says. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. But yet God worked 
past those things that seem to be obstacles to bring about the promise. So the process is where people miss it. And uh, man, we could do a series on that. The process is where people lose heart. The process is where people quit. Mm -hmm. The process is where people give in. The the process is where people turn away from God. The process is where they cast away their confidence. The process is where they lose their faith. There's so much in the process. Um, It's like building a house. I mean, I've helped my brother build some houses. And the first thing you do when you're building a house is you have to get the foundation and the footing in place. Now, you can't put up walls. Well, you could, I guess, put them up, but they've got to have something to to be stable on, something to last. Jesus talked about the two men, one that built a house on the solid rock, one that built on the sand. Mm -hmm. You build a house, you don't just go out one day and throw up walls, throw up a roof. You start with the foundation. You start with the the footing, the footers around that house because the weight of that house has to have something to hold it. And there's a process you go through. Remember our, our last house that we built in Tallahassee, we signed a contract for the builder to build a house and we were wanting to get in the house in 60, 90 days. It took nine months. And uh, really, it wasn't even finished in nine months. When we moved in, they were constantly coming back to finishing little details, the punch-out list, we called it. But it took time. There's a process to go through to enjoy anything that is worthwhile. And many people lose out in the process. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes what, what throws people off because of a... Uh, a lack of endurance and and a lack of flexibility is when there appears to be a delay. Uh, many times, when there's a delay, that that's just enough to break the the camel's back, and so they give up. But you know, delays d- delays are not final. It doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Delays not denial. Yeah, and delays not denial. And, um, and 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 so again, it's just you know being flexible, taking each day uh, as it comes, living by faith, and uh, never. Allowing your expectation to diminish, never allowing uh, your your confidence to be squeezed to death. But um, and that's why confession is so important. That's why renewing the mind is so important. That's why setting our affections on things above are so important because that keeps us connected, that core to the promise. But I, I, I like this when um, I know the last broadcast we ended on uh, Hebrews ten thirty five and thirty six. I just want to read those again and just make a little uh, statement about verse 35. But verse 35 says this, Pastor Larry, cast not away, therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience or endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And I was just looking at the word, cast not therefore away your confidence. What's very interesting is in the Greek, uh, this Greek, the Greek word for confidence actually means this. To be frank, to be blunt, and to have a public display of assurance, confidence, frankness, bluntness, and a public display of assurance. So I think what uh, the writer of Hebrews may be saying is, you know, uh, there's really something about being frank, about being blunt, about, about being so confident that you're not ashamed nor timid. To, to begin to speak and declare and reveal what you're believing for. And I think sometimes we're not that way because there's that seed of doubt that's battling the force of faith. You're going to look stupid if it doesn't happen. You're going to look like a fool. You're going to look crazy. Uh, and the reality of it is the Bible says that heaven suffers violence and the violent take about four. There's something about being blunt and frank where faith is concerned, where the promises of God are concerned. 
And so therefore, we shouldn't allow ourselves to be put in an arena of timidity like we're uncertain. I've always said this. I mean, if I'm going to go down, I'm going down in faith. That's because I know that's the one thing that pleases the Lord. And that's the one force that changes everything and causes the kingdom to be manifested. A life of faith. You know, I mentioned the woman with the issue of blood earlier in the Gospel of Mark. Said there was a certain woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. She had been to many doctors. She had spent all that she had. Instead of getting better, she got worse. 12 years. That's a long time to press towards something. Spent all she had. Now, we don't know. She may have been a wealthy woman to begin with, but the Bible said she must have been close to broke because she had spent all that she had. Instead of getting better, there was no evidence of anything being better. It says she had gotten worse. So, I mean, you can't get you can't get any worse than where she's at right now in this condition she's in. But she heard about Jesus. She said in her heart, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. And when, when you read the story, you have to envision some things there. Um, maybe she's come from the upper class of society. She's had to have some money to go to doctors for 12 to years. Start I mean, with. Yeah. Because we've been to doctors, and I mean, medicine is not cheap. Medical care is not cheap. None of it. But she'd spend all she had, and we. she may have come from a very upper class part of society. She may have been dressed to the max. Uh, one of those purses you talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, whatever that thing. Uh, Louis Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. Yeah. Um, we don't know what she had. She she may have been down on her luck, as we say. She may have, since everything was going to spend everything she had. But she heard about Jesus. She said, if I can touch him, I'll be made whole. Can you imagine her journey? I, now, I've just tried to visualize this at times, and I've preached on this a lot over the years as an evangelist. From the day that she heard about Jesus, she's waiting. She's waiting for a perfect situation for him to be near so she can get there. Now, in that society at that time, a woman had no right to be out in the public as she did, and especially a woman with the issue of blood. She should have been standing on the street corner shouting out, unclean, unclean. But can you imagine the disdain that perhaps she went through, even in her own mind, her thoughts of thinking, I'm a woman. I have a disease. It's a blood issue. I'm unclean. I'm broke. I have nothing to give. But yet she kept pressing through. The Bible says she pressed through the crowd. I don't think the crowd's the only thing that she pressed through. I think she had to press through uh, mental anguish. She probably had to press through discouragement. She had to press through prejudice. Mm-hmm. as being the woman in the crowd of men. There's a lot of things she had to do. And can you imagine as she's on her journey to get to Jesus? We don't know all the journey. You've got to picture it in your mind yeah. that she's trying to get to him to touch him. There's a crowd. I mean, it was such a crowd that, that she pressed through and Jesus had to ask, who touched me? And they said, Lord, look at the crowd. Look at the crowd. I mean, how do we know who touched you? Right. Can you imagine things that probably ran through her mind during that discourse of she says, what, what are they thinking? What, what are they thinking about me? 
What are they saying about me? But she didn't let any of that discourage her, Pastor James. She she wanted something so desperate that she was willing to be desperate herself to get it. Remember hearing Pastor John Osteen, Joel's dad, years ago, back in the, in the late 70s, early 80s, and he said a lot of people don't receive from God because their want to is not big enough. He said when your want to gets big enough, you'll do whatever it takes for whatever length of time it takes You'll commit yourself to that when your want to is big enough. And I think that's where we have failed a lot of times is our, we've let our want to get too weak. We, we cast away our confidence, as the scripture says, not to do. We have cast away our confidence because we, we couldn't take the process. We couldn't take going through the steps that we had to get through in order to get what we wanted from God. Well, and I think that's a, a very important principle and this as well, I'm thinking about in the Old Testament, the back end where it talks about write the vision down, make it plain. I think sometimes we we get disconnected from our hope and expectation because we lose sight of, of the vision, the promise that, that we're standing on. And uh, I remember years ago, the Lord spoke to me. He, he defined vision uh, to me this way. And it was he, he said this to me, vision is your ability inwardly, seeing yourself externally walking in the fullness of what he has. And so I think vision is so critical to this piece. And, and that gets back to maintaining a relationship with the word, maintaining a relationship with with the Holy Spirit and continually meditating on the word and confessing the word and and even creating a discipline of of going back and writing down different promises and different things that God has revealed to us for our lifetime. And uh, systematically going over those things, writing those, writing that vision down, writing those dreams down, and and reading it, uh, you know, next week, next month, next year, and or next year, excuse me, and, and staying with it, and building that image, building that vision on the inside, and, and we got to get to the point where we can see it internally, the external part of us experiencing the fullness of, of what God has. You know, so many times we being human. We're wanting something quick, something immediate. Uh, we want a way out mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But we fail to realize that it's the process that makes us who we are. I used the analogy here a few weeks ago of, of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. And the cocoon uh, is in that cocoon, the struggle to get out of that encasement that gives the butterfly strength. It strengthens its wings, strengthens its structure. And I remember reading the story of someone who wrote years ago about a little girl. She tried to, to get the butterfly out of the cocoon and the butterfly never could fly. It, could, it was never formed because it's it's in that process of working its way out of the cocoon that develops the strength for its life and its living. Mm-hmm. Well, the process is, is, is never easy. Uh, the process indicates to me that there's going to be today, there's going to be tomorrow, there's going to be a start, there's going to be an end, a beginning and an ending. Well, people say, yeah, but I want it now. You know, I don't have time for that. I don't have the patience or the grace to get me through. Well, the Word of God says this in Hebrews. says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that shows us right there that He's with us for the process, for the duration. Mm-hmm. That if He's with you today... He was with you yesterday, today, and forever. That he's not going to quit on us. 
He's not going to bail out on us. He's going to stay with us through the thick and the thin. And if we just have the tenacity and the wherewithal on the inside of us, stay with the word. Stick with the word. Stick with the promises of God. Too often, I've just heard people say, well, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm quitting. I'm giving up. Well, quitters never win. And winners never quit. They will say when the going gets rough or tough, the tough get going, you know. So that's the way we have to look at things in our life is that we're going to stick with it. We're going to stay with it. And we're going to trust God no matter what. Well, I mean, even even uh, Jesus, the Son of God, coming uh, to earth uh, in, in the form of, of, of man, of humanity, even going to the cross. I mean, he went through a process of of beating and, and mockings uh, before the cross. And then the cross was a, a part of the process. Then he had to be buried. That was part of the process. But then again, three days later, he rose again from the grave. And so my, my point is even even God himself went through a process to, to, to bring about full atonement and full redemption for, for all of mankind. And so with that being understood, then Romans eight eighteen makes a little bit more sense when we read it. The writer uh, Paul said this in, in Romans eight: For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And so, again, having that vision and having that 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 umbilical cord, if you will, connected to the promise or the covenant. Honey, I'm telling you, the, the, the glory that's going to be revealed in the breakthrough is going to be much greater than the sufferings that we go through in this process, this journey living of faith. Because when God says something, Pastor Larry, he cannot lie. And so the the, the point then comes down to this. Will, will I arrive and show up when the promise shows up? Or have I abandoned and given up and quit and thrown in the towel? The good thing about throwing in the towel is this. We can always pick it back up. Even quitting doesn't have to be final. Of course, we just just got back uh, recently from uh, spending a couple weeks in, in Hawaii, visiting my wife's family there. And um, but the 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 day before we left, we did this hike called the Cocoa Head Trail, and it's over goes up to a, the rim of an old volcano crater there on Oahu. But there were so many times doing this hike; it was so vertical, it was so hard. Uh, that that Christine and I would look at each other like it was the the unspoken spoken like are we really going to finish this are we going to do it we had to take breaks we had to stop but we made the decision to keep going again and finally we made the summit I think our journey and our relationship it, with Jesus is a lot like that we're believing we're expecting we know that he's declared some things over us and sometimes we want to sit down and just like I don't know if it's worth it I don't know if this is going to work out, I don't know if this is really good, but I'm telling you the glory that's going to be revealed when we reach the finish line and or we step in to the manifestation of the promise will far outweigh and shine the pain of the process to get to that moment. So we just got to stick with him and stick with the word. Well, I like that analogy of the umbilical cord connected to us. I don't remember what word that was that you used there. But it's like the mother and a baby in her womb. That umbilical cord has connected that child to its source. The mother is its source of life. If that cord were broken, that baby could not live. We have that umbilical cord that connects us to God through the Holy Spirit. 
And through that umbilical cord of the spirit, and just using this analogy, comes our strength, our stamina, our endurance, everything that we need, our, the power, the might that we need to get us through during the times that we don't necessarily see anything happening. We have to know in our heart that it is because we're still hooked to the source. Mm -hmm. Isn't that good? We're still, that that cord of the Spirit, that cord of the Word of God, the life-giving flow, the life-giving Word of God has connected us to the source of our faith. Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, we're connected to Him. Well, He has never failed. Mm -hmm. He's never come up short. He's never not finished. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, His last words were, it is finished. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, I am finished. Yeah. He said, it is finished. The work that he had to do was finished. So he won't quit on us, and he doesn't give up on us, and he doesn't abandon us. He's with us. He He helps us. He strengthens us. And it's during those times that really that we don't necessarily see anything happening that we have to hold fast to the truth of the promises that God's made to us. So you, you said it earlier. Sometimes we have to rehash them. We have to revisit them. Go back and write them down again. Go back and listen to them again if you have them recorded. Yeah. Uh, meditate on them. Yeah. I mean, the Lord told Joshua, meditate on these things day and night. And when we do that, it refreshes us. It rejuvenates us. It recharges us. It energizes us. You know, the, the well, it, it also it refocuses us. It does. Um, I I know I'm, I'm probably shared this uh, in some previous broadcast, but a couple two or three years ago, a lady um, who I have a lot of respect for in our in our in our church in our ministry here in Crawfordville. After one service, she came to me and she said, "I believe the Lord uh, spoke to me to tell you that you need to go back and write down everything that He has said and everything that He has done uh, because He." He's faithful, and and there's some things that you kind of let go of that you have lost vision for, lost sight of. But he, he wants you to rehearse those things because they're coming to pass. And I took it to heart. And that, that next, I think it was probably Sunday, that Monday, it might have been that Sunday night, I went and I just began to write down every, from the moment that I had my Jesus encounter in that crack house in August of 1989, which would be 30 years this next month outside of Dallas, Texas, until that present moment, all that God had said and all the things I can remember that he had done. And I wrote them down. And and even now, we go to my office and I can pull them right out of my desk because there's been even many times since that Sunday a few years ago that something has happened, a problem, an issue, uh, a desire to quit or to give up would, would try to attach itself to me that I've gone back pulled that list out and it's refocused me every time and reinvigorated the words that he has spoken and what he has done in me. And so therefore every day of my life, Pastor Larry, I confess my best is yet to come. That's become a motto of mine. My best is yet to come. And God can take our best day in our past and he can trump it and he can take our worst day and turn it around with one word, with, with one breath. And so I think that's why we can live as believers on the edge of our seat with an outstretched neck because we serve not only a good God, but he's a big God and he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. So you're talking about living a life of excitement, being able to push through the process and push through the pain because I know the promise 
is within reach. And if he said it, he's going to do it. You know, I've said it so many times over the years preaching that God loves us too much to leave us like we are. Yeah. Yeah. But on the other even in addition to that, God loves us too much to leave us where we are. You know, He He wants us to to excel in life, to succeed in life, to accomplish things. God's Bible, His Word here to us. I don't want to call it a wish book; it's a promise book. Yeah. There's so many promises in the Word of God that tells us exactly what God has done for us what he expects for us, what he has in store for us. And too often, I think people fail to realize all the goodness that God is and has for us because they look at their current situation. They look at right now. Uh, I had a young guy in our church told us one time, while I was talking to him on the phone, he was going through something. He'd made some uh, bad judgments in his life and he was going through a very tough time and he said to me one time he said well pastor I hear all that but it is what it is and Mm -hmm. it kind of irritated me when he said and I said no the truth of the matter is it ain't what it is God's able to turn that around God's able to change that Uh, you quoted the scripture in Ephesians 3 verse 20 says now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us Mm -hmm. God wants us to have the best in our life the goodness of God the Bible even says it's the goodness of God that draws men to repent oh taste and see that the Lord is good so God is not he's not a bad God he's a good God and there's nothing bad in him you can take the word God and put it in the word good I mean it just falls right in there but until you get a realization in your heart that God's for you and not against you and that, I think that's where people fail sometimes is that they're going through something. And they say, well, God doesn't love me. God doesn't care. He's allowed this. He's allowed that. And that's where they lose their confidence right there. Yeah, here, here, here's, a, here's a good good scripture. Not just trying to cherry pick one verse and take it out of context, but a little bit further down in Romans 8 and verse 25, Paul said this, but if we hope for that which we do not see, then we, with patience, we wait for it. Now, what's very interesting is that word patience in the Greek, it actually means to be cheerfully consistent. Ooh, that's good. So if, so if we hope for that which we do not see, then with cheerful consistency, we wait for it. And then it goes on and, and says, and, and I, and I, I kind of get a little bit better understanding of this because in verse 26, he says, likewise, then the Spirit also helps our infirmities. And so that that tells me when I get weak in faith or when I get weak in vision or I get weak and begin to lose my my composure of cheerful consistency, then the Holy Spirit, who you just mentioned a while ago being in us, he takes over. It takes over and he helps my infirmities. He helps my weakness and he strengthens me and gets me back in proper vision, proper expectancy, proper hope proper, cheerful consistency. And so I'm telling you, as long as we make the quality decision to, to, to take every day as the day that this could be the day of my breakthrough, and as long as we remain a, a, and keep a posture of leaning into Jesus, we can't lose, Pastor Larry. We, we, cannot, we cannot lose. We, we cannot fully 
think that we're going to just live a life of defeat because he's not going to allow us to lose. We've already won in here. We've got about a minute left here, 45 seconds to a minute left. Speak to those people. There's somebody listening to this program right now. They're on the edge of quitting when they have been standing for so long. I think the the, the simple truth is this. Just just refocus. Refocus your attention and your passion on Jesus. Recommit yourself to the Word of God. Uh, Discipline yourself to uh, make sure that every day you're setting your mind on things above Go back and write some of the things that the Lord has spoken to you and, and some of the things that God has come through uh, for you in times past because he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. And I know in doing that, you're going to cross your finish line and you'll look back over your life and you will not have any regrets whatsoever. Now, I think that finally that we have to encourage ourselves. I was thinking about yeah. David, you know, at Ziklag, when everything he had was taken by the enemy, his wife, his children, his possessions. And the Bible says, and David encouraged himself in the Lord. So today we encourage you to encourage yourself in the Lord. Don't quit. Your best is yet to come. You've been listening to Faith to Live By with Larry Mellinder and James Salter. Larry is the senior pastor of Church 360 in Tallahassee, and you're invited to join them for Sunday services at 9 a.m. and Wednesday services at 6.30 p.m. And find them online at church360.life. James is the senior pastor of Summit Life Church in Crawfordville with Sunday morning prayer at 8 a.m. and worship at 10.30 a.m. And Wednesday Life Group is at 7 p.m. Find them online at summitlifechurch.net. To hear past programs, look up Faith to Live By in your podcast app. And join us every Thursday at 1130 for Faith to Live By here on Wave 94.